Welcome to episode three of Soundtrack, a rock music podcast here at Central Michigan Life. I am your co-host, Andrew Mullen, my co-host right here, Elio Stante, and we're joined by our guest, uh, I'm Brent Gunn. I'm the podcast editor here at ZM Life. Yeah, you're normally behind, you're normally over to the right of us. You're normally not behind the microphone. So yeah, I'm scooting just, horizontally to the right in life. The yeah. lateral movement. <laughs> yep. Good lateral progression. Since you're the guest, would you like to uh, tell everyone what we'll be talking about today? Basically, we're talking about New York hardcore. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of want to give a little bit of like a thing. primer. Uh, yeah, a little bit of like a forewarning. I'm by no means like a historian on Neither am the, I, the, so. the, the genre of hardcore. and Don't take anything um, we say as I, 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 I more or less approach the genre now as a fan, and I've had my, like I got into hardcore probably like, I was like 12 or something, and mm-hmm. I used to go to shows like pretty like frequently, but then, you know, I moved, haven't been to shows in a while, kind of like, I've kind of like fallen out of the whole thing, but I mean, the music's always kind of been like a constant thing, so we're all kind of just approaching this as like kind of, I think... Yeah, the like the music really modest fans maybe. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. But no, so when we talk about New York hardcore, I think we're I, I think me and Brent both agree here that um I think Elliot to some degree we're talking about the l- mid to late '80s and throughout the '90s. I think that's the kind of when I think New York hardcore, I think that time period. I think that's when a lot of the huge bands came through, and I think we'll just go around all three of us just. Uh, kind of define like what we when we hear the term near hardcore what we think of so if you want to uh, just to help distinguish this scene from other hardcore punk scenes from throughout the country because hardcore is such a blanket genre so I think that'd be beneficial for everyone listening so if you want to start Brent like what do you think when you think New York uh, hardcore? well as as a Michigander uh, okay. this is my opinion I, I think that you know the term hardcore just in and of itself means a lot of different things. I approach it as like a large umbrella term. But when I think of New York hardcore, I tend to think a lot of other scenes like Boston or even like Washington, D.C. Because when I think of Washington, D.C., I think of minor threat, like immediately. Yeah. And when I think of minor threat and I think of, you know, like that, that's one of my favorite bands, period, of all time. Mm -hmm. And I can still like go back and listen to like their entire discography. Doesn't take all the way through. Yeah, it's like 45 minutes. (laughs) And I can go back and listen to that. And it's so interesting hearing them develop from like 81 to 83. And Mm -hmm. like in 83, they were moving in this really interesting, like almost uh, kind of spacey hardcore direction where they would like implement more like phasers and chorus pedals to to, to, to their to their distortion. And that was a sound that I thought was really interesting Mm -hmm. because the whole thing, it was this like youthful energy and this like youthful spirit Mm -hmm. and uh I, I love that sound of hardcore. So for me, you know, having that sound of minor threat being carried on in bands like Bold, which are, you know, one of my favorite New York hardcore bands, um, that kind of proved to me that I think the whole hardcore thing is more about just like a unified spirit. Cause it's like, there's a lot of bands who are quote unquote hardcore bands who sound extremely sonically different from each other. Yeah. But they, they share a common kind of like ethos and they share a common like work ethic and they interact in the hardcore community in more or less uh, a similar way. So I think one thing that I would say is like indicative of New York hardcore is probably just like the power behind it. I mean, like mm-hmm. like like a, a band like Judge, which is like a band that we're going to be talking about later, is a band that has so much just like one reputation behind them, but they also just have like this immense emotional weight behind them. And I think that that was something that was embraced in hardcore around that time. 
but it wasn't necessarily at the forefront because, you know, Mike Judge's lyrics were very kind of vulnerable about a lot of loss he went through at, Mm -hmm. you know, because of substance abuse. Like, you know, he he lost his mother from substance abuse. His dad died from lung cancer. And that was like a emotional fuel to his, you know, straight edge and and, mm-hmm. and into like the lyrical you know input of his music. So I think New York hardcore it carries like this grittiness to it, like in the same way that like Nas's Illmatic has like a grittiness to it. Mm-hmm. It has that New York cold spirit and energy to it. Yeah, I feel that exact same spirit when I hear Judge. All right. Uh, now Elio here is what I'm calling our NYHC virgin. Because uh, he really wasn't familiar with this genre. So when when you first heard his music for the first time, what ideas were going through your head? Yeah, full disclosure, I'd never even heard about this genre or any of these <laughs> bands from this genre before. And when I first heard about it, I was like, okay, this is going to be like some odd punk stuff that is more like screamo than I'm than I'm used to. But now I would characterize it as like, some early thrash metal elements and like some punk in there. Mm-hmm. Cause there were sometimes listening to songs where I was like, Oh, okay. I could see like, you know, like Metallica playing this. Riff. Yeah. Like off s- of one of Metallica's like really early records. I could I, be like, yeah, they might, might've played that riff or something. Not yeah. saying that they're ripping off of Metallica or anything like that, but the, these New York hardcore bands definitely have a lot of like thrash elements in them. Yeah, and I think you were mentioning a song called uh, "So Take Me Away" from Judge that had that Metallica feel. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, when I think of New York hardcore, I'm not thinking of like the early, you know, like the Murphy's Law, like those really early bands. I'm thinking a lot of the bands that, you know, became prominent. I know some of the bands we're talking about later did form in the early 80s, but like I'm one of the bands that became prominent throughout like the late 80s and throughout the 90s. That sound when everything got really heavy. Like I know certain bands like early Warzone, they weren't like really heavy when they first started. But, you know, you know bands like, you know, Gnostic Front later on to be like really heavy. Madball was pretty heavy. Like at Sick of It All always had this kind of like, you know, weight to them. And it's just like these really powerful, like I think like Brent said, really powerful crushing guitars and riffs and whatnot. And that would come. There was the, a, lot, a lot of New York hardcore, I think, of like some of the thrashier, faster elements. But like what's what's always struck me, especially, I think it's really especially indicative of bands like Madball. Like you have a lot of these really heavy, like slower, mid-tempo, almost like slow-paced jams, but still really loud and heavy. And I'm not always into those kind of songs, but it's that, that's just something that comes up for me. And I also just kind of think of this, you know, almost macho-ness that these guys try to you know, admit like what was the, sick of it all has an album called uh, Blood, Sweat, No Tears. So it's like that they, they they also there is an image to it almost in a sense as well. And I don't mean that all in a bad way, but that's kind of what comes to my head. I I would like to add there there is sometimes a brain to it as well. Like one one example of like a heavier band that I think approached heaviness in less of like a meathead way would be Snapcase without okay. Looking Glass. I'm not Elf. familiar with them. Looking Glass Elf. That's like. A fantastic like metallic early 90s hardcore album mm. they're from buffalo new york i'm pretty sure snap days Don't 
they approached heaviness less as like you know straight up like Metallica like this like ambitious like you know metal sound and they really just like stripped it as like all right what do we love we love the like really powerful palm muted riff mm-hmm. and we love just like rocking a standard yeah you know, e like I, I love that sound that like Snapcase had where they had the snare that sounded like a popcorn tin. You know mm-hmm. that sound I'm talking about? That tin snare? Oh man. I can listen to that all day. It's just cool because like there is such an expansive like array of sounds, but they all kind of are solidified as like, oh well, we're we're hardcore bands. So mm-hmm. even though there's like, you know, differences in, you know, like subgenre and subtaste and whatever, I, I like that there's a, like a unified spirit. So so that would be in like all of the hardcore genres, that's what sort of u- unifies them. Like what makes them hardcore is, I guess, just like it's just sort of like the spirit of it, and that's kind of what. Like makes I, it all. I, I would say that's part of it, and I'd also say because, like, all right, a good example is like a band like Code Orange. Like they're a really popular band now, and they would call themselves a hardcore band. Like, but that sound, they sound nothing like Black Flag. Exact, but see, like that's and that's and that and that's because like hardcore is typically labeled like as sounding like early Black Flag. But like I remember seeing Code Orange play in Ann Arbor in 2013 and they played in a basement with Freedom and I believe True Love played too. Like just like Detroit and Michigan hardcore straight edge bands. That was a hardcore show. Mm-hmm. They and like they sounded like a band like Disembodied, which were a you know metalcore slash hardcore band from the 90s. So in my opinion, like there's there like you you could look at it as like, oh well, hardcore needs to sound like, you know very punky and very like sure maybe but like that 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 in my opinion disregards like just thousands and thousands of bands that are far more like metallic and that do kind of like feed into that whole like hardcore community mm-hmm. yeah just hardcore is always just i i, I don't want to retread from talking points for last week but it's a really broad genre it's a really broad term that's used to describe so many different kinds of sounds and it's just like it's like where do you draw the line and like how you define something that's hardcore i think it can sometimes lie in uh the integrity of the people involved like a a good example would be dylan from full of hell full of hell isn't a traditional like hardcore band they sound more like a i don't know i guess like a standard grind band they've they've played hardcore fest they've played hardcore bills they've toured with hardcore bands i've seen them at hardcore venues in an interview like they say like hardcore to us like we we consider it it's part of like the ethos it's what you give back it's how you how you interact with the scene like if you're not part of that scene you're not part of that community sure maybe you're playing hardcore but it's 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 a genre thing but i also think it's more of like an overarching community thing that makes a lot of and sense. That, and, that, and that's why that's why bands like like Snapcase or Eco Strike or Vegan Reich can all be considered or even Shelter like we were talking about earlier. You know, that's why they can all be considered hardcore, even though they sound so sonically different because they all share that common like love and appreciation for the craft. You know what I mean? You know, Dev, it, it, certainly I think there's more of an ethos that comes with it, you know, as well. And I think. Again, whether we want, we, we can we can talk about another day whether that can really define a musical genre, but I think as far as the scene, yeah, I think he, that kind of mentality can bring a lot of different sounds together in one general like I guess you know scene or family of you know fans in a sense. So yeah, for sure, I I definitely see that. All right, so we're gonna go one from one tangent to another because um, I was talking to Elio about this and he's like I I texted him it's like what have your thoughts been so far with your deep dive near cardcore and what and did I, you say to me? And I first responded. It's good, but it's not great. 
And then like 20 minutes later, after getting through like another album, <laughs> I texted him. It's okay. It's the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And then 20 minutes after that, I was like, these songs are totally indistinguishable <laughs> from each other. Like I even tried, I made a playlist of like all the albums that Andrew had given me and I hit shuffle on them. It just sounded like a pad of paper. I was like, okay, I have five bands. I'm going to try and like see what song is from what band, like just see if I can like remember it or discern like the style and sound. I couldn't do it. My success rate was zero. I really hope no New York hardcore fans are listening because they're just going to destroy us now. Yeah, I'm sorry, but that's like a common thing that most people say, though, because it's like if you don't listen to that kind of stuff typically. Oh, like, yeah, I can I can understand like, that. Like, I mean, I like there's plenty of like black metal bands that like I like, oh, but sure. if you put them it's, on, it, it, I'm going to be you like. You can find that about a lot of different shows. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Some things sound similar to each other. Like, and sometimes it takes a while and it takes multiple listens to like ingrain it into your head. And like, I get that. And I had never, never heard any of these bands before, never even heard of this genre before. So I can, I can definitely get that as someone who's not ever heard this. I have no idea what I'm in yeah. with. Well, like what's kind of cool with that is like, I, I remember being younger and listening, listening to like, you know, bands like minor threat and following along with like lyrics and it would help me remember certain songs. So I almost feel like it's kind of like, you know, part of like in a kind of like ushering into it. Cause like as, as a new fan, if you were seeking this genre out and like, you just like came to the show and you're like, Oh, I want to know what this is. You know, you're going to put on the record and be like, this is like a little bit like impenetrable. Like if you're going, if you're like a kid in 1982 and you never heard hardcore before, you know, you're going to be like, Oh man, this is really hard to like digest. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with lyrics attached to it, there was this idea of sitting with a record over and over and just like, analyzing it and studying it and studying like the lyrics and the gatefold yeah. and like taking it all in. And like when you're a kid, you can sponge that in. So it's easier to like absorb like these minute and a half songs that like sound similar. Whereas like when, when like we're older, it's harder to do that. Yeah. You know? that, that's how it was when I started into bad religion, you know, number of years ago. So like, yeah, a lot of it does sound very similar. Melodies sounded similar, but there were certain minute, Differences where I, I, I grew, grew to learn, you know, lyrics, obviously, and certain riffs as well. It just took a lot of, like, listening through them, and I really became to appreciate them as an artist and, you know, really able to distinguish songs from songs. I just want to say, like, there's nothing bad. There was nothing bad about any of the songs or albums that I listened to. It was just like... I, I, it, it was just all of it sounded the same, but there's nothing wrong with all of it sounding the same. Like, it's good music. Yeah, that's something I wanted to talk about real quick, though. It's like, dude, is it always something to say that, like, okay, a band sounds too similar from one another? Is that always a good critique of something? Like, I can understand the argument why some that might bother certain people, but, like, is that always, like, something to say, oh, these songs sound too similar to each other, that means this is all trash? I think that the whole argument of like, uh, I don't know, genericism, mm -hmm. is that a word? Um, that whole kind of debate, I think, is kind of just beating a dead horse because we're always making exceptions for like generic artists because really nothing is like fully original nowadays. Yeah. Like every black metal band sounds virtually similar in some capacity, especially when you get more specific. Every hardcore band in some capacity sounds similar when you get to a very specific like point to it like if you're looking at youth crew bands 
most youth crew bands sound very similar. Have you ever tried to listen to like European, like like today's European like power metal bands? Nothing. Like maybe certain fonts of the logo you can like try to figure like okay, this is like characteristics of them. But between album covers, singers, instrumentalists, there's nothing that distinguishes these bands one from another. I don't follow power metal. Yeah, well, uh, if you don't, that. Yeah, that's pretty much that's 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 a that's a from, big from thing. From what I've there. heard, I'm I'm very turned off by it. Yeah, but uh, I, I I don't know. It's it's a case by case basis because it's do they bring something memorable or something interesting to the table? Like, do they zero in on like that nice middle ground between like aesthetic, sound, integrity, and like whatever else is important to you as a listener? And if they do that for you, then you're going to like it. But if they if they like, oh, yeah, I like the sound, but I don't like how they approach that subject matter because it's kind of bleh, it's been it's been done before. Then you're, you may be turned off, whereas someone else who doesn't listen to as much stuff with that much or maybe they just really love that kind of subject matter. They're going to make an exception. So like mm-hmm. someone who like loves thrash like Dave Clark, Dave Clark is going to make an exception for Judge sounding like very similar throughout their album, whereas he probably wouldn't make an exception for Bold because they sound more youth curry and he doesn't like that sound as much. You know what I mean? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I have. I, I totally get that because I've I've listened to bands before and albums where I've gone, uh, that really all sounded the same, and I definitely don't like it. But then one of my favorite albums is uh, Call of the Mastodon by Mastodon, which is like their like it's like an EP almost, and all of the songs off that album are just as hard as Mastodon has ever gotten, and they're all really similar, and I go, that's a really good album. I love so that like, album. Here, I just make a huge thing. exception I, for it. When, when I, was, I remember in, interviewing some guy from for the punk story I did last semester, and he, he had a really good quote. He was talking about the Ramones, and that, obviously it's one of the biggest critiques that people have of them, like, oh, all their stuff sounds the same. It's like, uh, this guy I was interviewing, he said, like, yeah, you know, I've had people come up to me and say, you know, like, how can you like the Ramones? It's like the same 30 songs over and over again. It's like, yeah, but sure, they're all the same songs, but here's the thing, I really like that song. So it's <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I, I I get that. It's like sometimes you just have a song that you really latch on to. So a lot of times when you hear hearing or reading album reviews or something, it's like, oh, a lot of these songs are really similar to the previous records, not making a whole lot of evolutions, or yeah, yeah, or the songs in this album kind of blend together. It's like, okay, I'll I'll I'll, t- I'll take that with a pinch of salt, but I'm not going to let that deter me, like see that as like a credible thing. It's like, okay, well, if I enjoyed the previous material and they're saying they're not going to evolve much from it, it's like, okay, good. I like the previous material and, you know, I'm never against musical evolution, but if they're still going to give me a quality record and a sound that I like, I'm not going to complain yeah i i i don't like the idea that every band is necessarily like indebted to change their sound necessarily Mm -hmm. like if it's not broke don't fix it i mean if you enjoy what you're doing i mean who cares if your fans like all right it's just starting to sound the same like i mean maybe like from a financial standpoint like oh we need to change it up to get more fans but even at that point you probably just shouldn't be that's selling out that i do not agree with well like i i i i I just don't care because it's just like if someone's like all right that thing's generic i'm like all right well then go listen to like whatever band you listen to that is probably generic as well like it's it's, it's just such a stupid cop out to like any like real criticism i think because that's one of those things it's like even though it might sound really generic or really similar to like something else they've done to me it's almost like they've done it better like even though it's a generic song they took that generic sound and did it better than somebody else yeah i I can see or they you can look at an artist 
like um, progress. And sometimes it is just building upon their sound and doing it better than themselves before. Um, you can see that with certain hardcore bands. We'll talk about like, Dostic Front later. Between 10 years, we're releasing one of their early records, Victim of Pain, going to the 90s. By that point in the 90s, they had a different sound completely. They were much heavier. They're much more ingrained into less thrashy hardcore, more chunky riffs and whatnot. Um, so you always get that kind of evolution. I think that's, and even if they, even once they reach to a point like, okay, we have perfected a sound, you can keep making records in that sound. I mean, yeah, I, I think the counter that would be Warzone. Cause in my opinion, Warzone is a band mm-hmm. that sure they may have like maybe cleaned up their sound over time, but they seem to just take the craft and do it again and just try to continuously like perfect a certain craft. Like when I listen to, um, don't forget the struggle. Then I listen to sound of revolution. Mm-hmm. They sound like they're both trying to do the same thing, more or less, but just in different, like, in slightly different executions, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, they're sticking to a format, but they're like, all right, we're going to try it this way, and we're going to try the format this way. Like, having, like, a Rubik's Cube and, like, you know, like, rearranging it all these mm-hmm. different ways. I like, I like how bands can do that sometimes. Bring a war zone. So now I kind of want to go back to just focusing on your hardcore. To you, like, what? We won't go into personal favorites yet. I know we already have a couple bands lined up we want to talk about, but like, just overall, like, what do you think are some of the notable names of this time in New York hardcore? Because I think, um, I think probably one of the bigger ones, I don't think we'll be talking about much later, is the Chromags. And I'm not like, crazy about them like what do you think of the chromax i'm not the biggest chromax fan are, are, are they like one of the more like conservative like few like actual conservative like punk bands out oh, I, there? I don't give a shit if they're conservatives or not well, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm just I'm curious like, if you know I, or not i, I have no idea because okay. i just don't really know anything because I, I, I think i've heard that's them. what i've heard i'm just not sure i'm not i'm not a big chromax fan so i just I'm yeah. not even going to speak on it. So, but yeah, but they, but they, Chromax really kind of, they went like full thrash. They were almost crossover thrash, almost like, like here's the thing, like let's just say the lyrics are kind of more conservative leading. Like there's, there's, I will still give them this. They put a lot of fury and a lot of power in their songs. And I don't think that can't be denied. But that's probably one of the bigger names. But we didn't really talk about them because we're just not as huge fans. Uh, so do you? I, I guess for me, I'd, I'd probably say Warzone. Is your um, favorite? Yeah, one of my favorites for sure. Just because I think from a um, aesthetic standpoint, mm-hmm. I love them a lot. I love the skinhead aesthetic. I love the oi aesthetic. I yeah. like. Um, and when I say skinhead, I don't mean racist skinhead. Yeah. Like skinhead no. does there have, is a difference. It does it's, have it's a, got a pretty bad. But it does yeah. have a non-racist origin. Yeah. Like it, like a lot of skinhead fashion came from like ska and like a two-tone yeah. overseas and stuff yeah. like like jamaican There's, music stuff there, no there is a difference that. between warzone and screwdriver we would like to make but screwdriver like, does a have some, band. but they do have some bangers i will i will, I will just say like, screwdriver has some riffs i will <laughs> just say anyway but insist. um warzone so warzone i think is probably one of the more important bands and i like i like them a lot like from that kind of aesthetic standpoint and i also like them from a kind of conscious standpoint. Uh, they wrote a lot of lyrics about, um, you know, kind of like including women in hardcore, kind of like a- allowing them into you know, yeah. hardcore spaces. Didn't they uh, talk- Seven Seconds have a song about that too? I, b- I believe so. But um, I-, I-, I also liked how um, Warzone 
approached hardcore and they kind of, uh, their riffs are just so like, the only way I can really word it is straight ahead. Because like when I'm listening, listening to these riffs, all I'm thinking is it's, it's music. I just want to like empower myself to, and I want to put my fists up and you just, you just, you feel empowered by, you feel liberated by this like youthful, free Mm -hmm. kind of like energized music. And I love um, the the lyrics, the vocals on this album. I love the intro to this album. How they're like, you know, where where are the Warzone women at? Because like it almost sounds like the opening is like a hip hop album or something, <laughs> which is cool because like there's a lot of like aesthetic and like even like cultural like spillage in hardcore and hip hop. Mm-hmm. And like I mean, even if, if you go back. I mean, you want to talk about New York hardcore and talk about fashion? Go look at like how these New York hardcore kids were dressed back then. They look like. Yeah, like they had like, you know, sick ass Nikes on. Mm-hmm. They they were fashionable kids, some of them. And if you want to talk about, you know, real quick, I know if we're talking about Warzone, but if you, you know, we'll be talking about it a bit later, but like, you know, sick of it all. Like they, like they're one of their, probably one of their most well-known songs. It, you know, it's clobbering time. You know, that, that one, the, the intro they did for their Blood, Sweat, No Tears album that was done by KRS-One, the rapper from there. So the people, I don't think people give like and I don't want to go off too much on this tangent but I don't think people recognize the relationship that rap and you know had with punk and metal I'm not talking about like new like new rap new metal bullshit I'm talking about like you know just a lot of these a lot of these artists would collaborate one would hear stuff from the other and you even look at all those collaborations like I know Public Enemy did you know a song called um, Bring the Noise with uh uh, anthrax you know they did that I, i'm not a huge fan of that song but you know they did it and it was probably one of anthrax's most successful songs let's face it and then and even public enemy went on to i think to cover like sorry sample the second like the second verse riff from uh, angel of death and, and even ice t has like, lab, like did some like lyrical collaborations with uh, jello biafra and i you know again not really my genre with rap but i think they have those connections there Bring it back to New York hardcore. KRS-One did the intro to other "It's Clobbering Time" song on a "Blood, Sweat, and No Tears." So they definitely have those deep-rooted connections. So I think people should recognize that more. A lot of people have this idea that like hardcore shouldn't be political. I hate that, I hate which that is mentality. really stupid. And like for me, my favorite hardcore bands are the bands that are like very overly Absolutely. political, like Warzone, Blood Pact, Race Trader. Uh, like Race Trader is an amazing band. Uh, even like, uh, I, I, won't, I won't say vegan, right? Because they had some really bad politics too. But like, statement, <laughs> band, band, bands like statement. Um, but yeah, like I, hardcore at its root is about having this conscious energy that mm-hmm. the things around you should change and that they should be better for the greatest number of people. There is in most hardcore this core lyrical idea of making a change making things better for the world around you and, and standing together, being united with people like all over the, the um, war, war zones album that we're going to talk about. Don't forget the struggle. Don't forget the streets all over that album. It's lyrically about unity coming together. That's a, a core. I mean, it's a simple idea. Sure. But that consciousness, which is also seen a lot in hip hop around that time, a lot mm-hmm. of conscious hip hop. I mean, think of like De La Soul, both of these like positive messages we're being expressed in tangents of, of of hip-hop and in a lot of hardcore. Hardcore is a very lyrically positive genre for, I think, a majority of it. But there are a lot of very positive hardcore bands that believe in, like, the power of positive thinking mm-hmm. 
or even like those Krishna core bands that I talked about earlier, they, they embrace that whole positive mindset stuff too. Like bad brains, another good example. They talked about you know, power of positive thinking. They said it was like a core belief system. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, again, it kind of goes back to that whole spirit thing we talked about before. So, Elio, I know, I know you had said that a lot of these bands don't uh, sound really similar. Did, was there anything about Warzone that stuck out to you? Like any, even if it was just a song? Uh, again, I can't name a song that really stuck out to me. <laughs> I tried earlier it's to fine. find. There was, a, there was like two songs in like my whole journey that I had really enjoyed and I forgot to mark them down or save them. That was my fault. Um, but yeah, Warzone, the lyrics that I could actually discern, they were, <laughs> sorry. No, that's fine. Um, I really liked all of what I listened to Warzone. They were really cool. Like, even though it might have seemed like the, the riffs were really simplistic, there was an awesome, there's an awesome, like, drive to yeah. all of it. Like, even though this music is just as bare bones as you'll ever get when it comes to music. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that they like the Warzone album uh what is it? Don't don't don't, don't, don't forget the don't forget, don't forget the streets. Yeah. It sounded like all of it was recorded at once in the same room with just one track going the whole time and they <laughs> just like cut the reel at where songs should be separate. Yeah. And that was really cool. Cause like you never hear that anymore and there's very few bands even like back then that you could actually like point to and say like their their sound is really simple but it constantly is like driving forward and moving forward all of the time and that was i really liked it like there was not like anything bad to say about the album besides like me being new to it i couldn't figure out where songs ended and stopped <laughs> yeah. so like for 30 minutes i was just on like a roller coaster in my now, car that's kind going, of the point though you're supposed yeah. to like put it on and just have this like blissful mm-hmm. experience of like energy you know what yeah, I mean? yeah the whole 30 minutes i was headbanging like i was like this yeah. is sweet well, this i was awesome. too when a lot of these stuff came yeah, out. It, was, it was a good album what just just real quick give me one song that you would like recommend oh, um, for from warzone because for me i really all I, of them all right for me i gotta go uh it's your choice crazy but not insane i really as, like i won't follow that's the one i like uh as one um Growing up, the next step's pretty cool. Really, the whole album's just like filled with bangers. Well, it doesn't uh, have to be from that album, just from their whole. Oh, just from Warzone and period. Yeah, I really like I Won't Follow. I mean, that's the one I like. Yeah, from. like that's probably my favorite Warzone album. But one of the songs off Sound of Revolutions. Yeah, that's a great record too. Oh, uh, at, at War with Reality. That's one of my favorite that's Warzone a great songs one. for sure. I do love um, that song. Also, Throw Me a Line. It's pretty cool. Murder right. Town. But uh, yeah, I can't recommend Warzone enough. You, I know you really like Judge too. If you want to yeah. keep it a little briefer, but you know, yeah, yeah I'll keep it real brief. But uh, Judge, we kind of talked about him a little bit earlier. Talked about him a lot throughout the episode. But yeah. to be more direct, I mean, they had a really short lifespan. They were a band for like like two years, maybe. But uh, the vocalist of Judge was the drummer for Youth of Today, and then I believe the vocalist of Youth of Today was one of the guitar players in Judge, and um. Because the thing with Youth of Today is that a lot of people in the hardcore scene, there's this reputation around Youth of Today that they were, like, too militant, which, like, looking back, I don't see that because they have, like, a very, like... too militant? Like, 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 like too militant in their lyrics and shit like that. Oh, okay. Like, okay. So, Mike, the vocalist of Judge, he kind of had this MO with Judge to have them be that militant straight-edge band. Like, the whole thing of Judge, it's like, you know, I'm bringing a gavel down against the idea of, like, you know, relying on drugs to get through life. 
So it's it's this it, it, like he has so this, being in the eighties, they were like the Nancy Reagan band. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't go that far. Throw that at you, but like that's kind of what it is. Like like well, they were they were really straight edge trying to push like that sort of. I I minus all of the social conservatism. Okay. Like um because okay, because that. like how I mentioned earlier, like he lost his mother to um like uh, a substance abuse, and then his father drank a lot. And he himself had some struggles with like substance abuse. So for context, he kind of had this he had this existence where substance abuse had really negative effects on his upbringing and in his life. And uh, I think that that's definitely what channeled a lot of it. But he never wanted the band to actually be like a violent militant band because, you know, the band disbanded because they started like assuming that kind of reputation and violent acts were like committed in the name of the band by like you know straight edge gangs or whatever oh but uh um yeah so judge was like the band that mike created to be like that militant straight edge voice but he never intended it to be anything other than just like an idea and like when you read their lyrics a lot of them don't really like they'll they'll touch drugs but they also touch on like like stuff like the storm the storm it's kind of a song about just like political divide again like kind of like how Warzone talked about and like there's this line you know wipe away the insincere no more white no more black no more barriers no more traps there will be quiet after the storm mm-hmm. you know I mean not every like there's definitely like a political that's why I said minus the social conservatism okay because like that now. there's there's definitely a political aspect to and there are some conservative straight edge bands like that's why I said Vegan Reich earlier like they were like a very pro-life band because okay. they carried that logical extreme so yeah, the whole militant strategy thing, which is kind of like a, you know, a thing that Judge did, as right. kind of like a like a yeah. character to the band. So, yeah, was was Straight Edge like a big part of New York? Was, was, was there a lot? Like, because I I know mo I know a lot of New York hardcore bands weren't Straight Edge, but like it would, I, I think just parts some of them mixed together. I would assume, correct? I I don't know if it's like more prominent for New York bands to be Straight Edge or not. All I know is that Straight Edge. I honestly, I think you're more hard pressed to find bands that aren't straight edge and hardcore than bands that are really? straight edge because there are so many straight edge bands. Yeah, like, to me, it almost made sense listening to just just a couple of albums that I did because a lot of it was like like you were saying earlier, earlier, much more positive, right? Thinking mm-hmm. and especially because I mean, New York in the '80s was like a terrible place. It seemed where it was like crime was just like the worst place on earth. It was like economically depressed. So like. I can understand there were people that were mm-hmm. saying, like, no, no, like, there's good, you know? And, and the like, whole thing with Straight Edge, I mean, it was a response from, like, you know, hippie druggy culture and, like, 70s, psychoded- uh, like, 70s, you know, like, you know, Pink Floyd, you know, prog rock culture. Bullshit. Like, I mean, that was a totally refusal from, like, being, like, you know, your your parents in the 80s because your parents were just, like, these, like, I mean, that bitter was people just that hardcore. just drank that to get through general yeah a lot that, of that well, i mean not, not necessarily because like you th- then you had bands like you know the germs and mm-hmm. stuff like that that were like complete drug addicts Yo. like <laughs> like, well, like died because of it like unfortunately drug abuse has always been really prominent in hardcore and i'm not a person that doesn't do drugs but i'm not like a drug abuser by any like i'm not yeah, like yeah. i'm not like shooting up heroin or something and like i'm not here to decry anyone for doing that mm-hmm. but i the thing that i like so much about a lot of hardcore specifically straight edge hardcore even though i'm not straight edge myself is that it's more about that kind of 
like how how Warzone, like it, it's your choice. You know, it, it's about that kind of like personal respect for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I I, I actually didn't know much about Judge before I, I came in here. They're, they're they're on the bands that kind of alluded to me, but I, whenever a Judge song came up with like the playlist I made for this episode, I was like, yeah, this is actually really cool. Like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was never displeased when they came on, but for me. When I think of New York hardcore, the band that always comes to mind, and I love these guys to death, Madball. We don't fake it. We just take it. I love these guys. Just, I every just the vocals, the guitars, everything. I think they've guys, they, they're definitely one of the bands that have evolved the best throughout the time periods. Like they started straight as straight up kind of hardcore band. They had some ch- chunkiness to them, but as they went on, they've really embraced the metal side of New York hardcore, and I think they sound, I think they've sound better off because of it. I, I, because I know I gave Elio set it off to listen to because that tends to be like the fan favorite. It's the first record. Uh, as much as I like that record, I, I much prefer the later stuff. Like, for me, when I think of Madball, I think of their song, The Beast. Super heavy riff. Uh, I love that song. And it, I think it really just kind of, to what, me, what symbol- that on again? Uh, that that was uh, the Rebellion EP from 2012. Okay, wow, that is really late. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I have pretty, to admit, like, set it yeah. has some. But yeah, because to me, I like Matt, later Mapple. I just think it's more indicative of what I think of. Again, when your car comes in, I'm thinking the um, heavier, metallic, you know, again, almost metal sound. So, you would that, really like Snapcase then. You would really I, I, like Snapcase. There probably would be the case, but yeah, I just, just I just really like the new album is great. No, Ice T actually guest on a was a guest singer on a the, the, the new album. They they released one earlier this year. I think Tim Armstrong from Rancid was also in that, which I found really odd. Like Ice T made sense. It's Tim Armstrong did not. <laughs> I, I want to ask you a question. Helmet. Meantime. Hardcore album? That's a bit of a tangent, but, uh, hmm. Well, I know, I know, the, I know the term post-hardcore. They, I mean, they, they are a New York band. I know the term post-hardcore gets thrown on them. I, 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 I think if we're talking, I think they definitely do have a lot of the same characteristics I'm talking about. Like really heavy, chunky, just crushing power riffs, you know, especially on that, on, on their first record. Um, Yes, I. Here's the thing, though. I because I have a punk jack and I put put a helmet patch on there. I think you can say they're either a metal band or a hardcore band. I don't think putting those label either one of those labels on them would be incorrect. Cause like when I when I listen to Meantime, for me that's a hardcore album. Yeah. And for me, that that's 
that's a New York hardcore yeah, album. I, that, I that's something that changed the genre, in my opinion. I wouldn't be, see, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they, if, if they were influenced or had influences on the bands from that time. Yeah, for sure. sure. Like, I, I know so many hardcore fans that are just like, oh, yeah, Helmets. Helmets the shit. Yeah. Like, they, anyways, they, they have yeah, strong influence. If anyone wants to get into Madball, I'd actually... I would almost want to recommend something pat post year two thousand. I'd maybe try one of those. Uh, Legacy is a good one. And even the new record, I I think, was pretty good. So, yeah. And then, uh, by the way, oh by the way, Elio, what did you think of Madball? Did, was there anything that stood out from Madball again? No. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing that like crazy stood out, but just just again, it was just music was really good. Found myself nodding my head, head banging along to like mm-hmm. all of it. It's a good album. That's basically its purpose. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then um, I could just other notable names. I know we mentioned Bold earlier. I really like Bold. And Youth, uh, no, sorry, not Youth is an A. I was wrong about that. But, you know, I, I think another, I think it'd be kind of wrong to not mention Sick of It All. I really don't think so. Um, I know Brent's, I know you're not like too knowledgeable of their stuff. And I'm not going to pretend to be a huge Sick of It All fan. I will say this, though. Um, I saw them live when I went to Puck and Jablik, Camp Puck and Jablik, sorry, in Ohio of all places, or like during the summer. And you know, I was going in, it's like, okay, I'll, 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 I'll want to see them. They'll, this might be fun because I, I'm not too crazy on their studio stuff. It's like some, some of the stuff just doesn't excite me. When they, when they started playing, I, all I wanted to do was just mosh, punch people in the face, and break shit because it was just like, this is fun. This was, they were fantastic live. And I think, I, I think, I don't think it would just be sick of it all. I really think that seeing any of these bands live would really kind of get that power we were talking about earlier to transfer that. And I think that would be really, I, I, I would really recommend someone just go one of these shows. Don't, don't do the stupid hardcore dancing where you're like throwing elbows and looking like you're having a seizure while fighting invisible ninjas. I don't, I don't want to see that kind of dancing, but you know, uh, I won't get into that. But yeah, I, I think that would be really, I think that'd be a really cool experience to have. So, uh, kind of touching on like heavier hardcore bands from New York, I made a mental note to tell you about Sons of Abraham and uh, mention Sons of Abraham. They were a Jewish uh, straight edge okay. uh, metalcore band from 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 New York, and their album in 1997, um, uh, "Termites in His Smile." That's one of my favorite eras of hardcore, mm-hmm. like the late '90s, very early 2000s, very metallic hardcore. That's why yeah. I like Race Trader, like Sons of Abraham, Race Trader. Those are some of my favorite, like, hardcore bands. Period. And that's around the time Madball really, if we're going to bring back to them, they really became heavy, like a really heavy band at that point. Like they focused more on like riffs and whatnot. Yeah, so like there's definitely like that spacey, youthful energy in a lot of New York hardcore. But like mm-hmm. you, like how you said earlier, like that heaviness. There are a lot of really good heavy hardcore bands in within like the New York hardcore label for sure. And Sons of Abraham, I definitely recommend them too. Another probably lesser yeah. known band. All right, and then I want to kind of wrap this this discussion up by bringing it into the uh, we we uh, gotta go into the uh, ne- next uh, 
into a classic album, and uh, Elio just flipped me the bird because I just made a really bad joke. We're gonna talk. We're gonna finish this off with Agnostic Front, specifically what their album something's got to give. Uh, and then we're gonna call this their classic album this week. Even though this is probably not, I think most Agnostic Front fans will throw in Victim of Victim in Pain, Victim of Pain, whichever. Uh, they'll throw that one as the fan favorite. And it's a good album. I just think if. For me, I think Something's Gotta Give is probably a more um, good representation of this time in New York hardcore because Victim in Pain is just more of a uh, straightforward hardcore album and it's not bad, it's just not really what I want to represent. I guess I'll go, I'll go to Yelio first. What were you thinking of with this particular album? Like any anything that stood out to you? Yeah, East Coast, the West Coast. Is that, is that yeah. a different band? No, no, this is the one with that song. Okay, yeah, that was... That was the only, that was the thing that really stood out to me. Like, that was, like, really gimmicky and, like, really annoying that yeah. they put that one in there. I'm, <laughs> I love that you said that. Because I'm, I, I, I'm sorry. So, Andrew, I love you to death, bud. I love you to death. And Agnostic Front is fine. But, okay. I, but I remember hearing that song in the American, I think it was in American Hardcore in 2006. So we're talking that about the song Gotta Go by Agnostic Front. Yeah, I remember watching that with my dad on the couch. And when that came on, he started cracking up. <laughs> I'll, yeah. never for, I'll never forget that memory. There was, a, it, it, it took me a minute to like realize what was going on because I, I put out the album when I was listening to it. And then it got to that spot because I think it's like the third song. song. Yeah, on that record. And I was like, this is bad. Oh. Like this just is, this just took a turn for the worst where it's just like a horrible, like gimmicky. It's kind just, of oi. It's, it's kind of it really, it really really is it's so uh, gotta go is probably agnostic fronts biggest would you say it's probably their biggest most well-known song yeah yeah uh it, it was even featured on a punkorama compilation towards the end of the 90s but you know i i, I agree i i think it is kind of silly i really enjoy the song i think it's a fine single but yeah it i i, I think you know what? We'll bring it back to what Brent said earlier. I think it does kind of capture the positivity that a lot of these fans try to bring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll give it, it a pass for that. That song's about unity. So yeah. yeah, I wanted to say like it was. It's pretty rough to listen to that spot, but once you get past that, like if you can make it past it, it's you gotta 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 go. And that part's it's, fine. it's good. No, it's good. It's it's a good album. Like they're but... they're, they're like Black Flag songs that I just completely skip. From like the punk, yeah. like they're more like traditional hardcore, like TV yeah. party. I never listen to TV. You know, party. I like TV. I know some people shit on it, and I get, I get that. For but me, that that's their TV party. That's the song that is like yeah, you gotta, you over. gotta skip over it. Like if you can yeah. avoid that. But other other than gotta go, like was there anything like was it just just more of the same for you? I assume it was. It was again, yeah, more of the same. I can't tell you any of the well, other. What do you think of his vocals? Because his vocals are even for the genre kind of unique. Yeah, they were like. How would you describe them? Like, I never know how to describe his vocals. It was it was like a weird like punk like yell sing sing songy kind of yeah. kind of thing going on. It was pretty cool because like Judge, uh, Madball, and then I think there were like two other people. But Agnostic Front was okay. Yeah, how, pretty, how would, how would you describe his vocals, Brent? Uh, I don't know. Cause the thing that like draws me in about Agnostic Front isn't so much the vocals; it's more the riffs. Like, yeah. When I when I when I yes. notice people like who like Agnostic Front, like I can notice they like it because of how they write their riffs. Like that crossover thrash vibe to it. It's got more of like that kind of '80s echo to it at time. Even though this is a 1998 album, Agnostic Front always kind of has that tinge to their riffs for me, mm-hmm. where it still feels very rooted in like traditional rock. Mm-hmm. And I feel like on but this album, still being, a but still being band. like, yeah, yeah, for sure. 
for sure. Like mm-hmm. that. That's why I meant by comparing the two. They both seem to do that. Was there a song that you like? I know we are talking Gotta Go, but is there a song for you that really stood stands out from this? Definitely No Fear. No, no fear, fear and uh, um, before my eyes, those are those are two favorites yeah. for me. Again, I, I again I know you guys just I, I I I do actually like um gotta go. I'm sorry, I do. I I, I think fine. it's 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 I know it's a gimmicky. I'm not gonna. You. It's a gimmicky song. There's no there's no if ands or but. Um, but you know I I, st- I still think it has its charm to it. But for me, like, when I was listening to this, I was like, God damn, the song today, tomorrow, forever. I really like that one. I love the chorus. She's today, tomorrow, forever. He's just. It's just so emphatic the way he sings that chorus. And I the lyrics are really good too. Again, it's more about unity as well. Again, it's just another common theme throughout the genre and even just throughout hardcore in general. Yeah, emphatic. I, that's a good word to use to, to like describe a lot of hardcore delivery. It's very emphatic. Yeah, especially in choruses. Yeah. Really, that's how they do it. Yeah, I, I, I think this wouldn't. I think this album wouldn't be a bad place to start. To just get an understanding of what the genre sounds like. I mean, because there, there are, there are not it's the best place. I'm not sure, but like, I don't think this would be a bad place to start. Is there I mean, anywhere you think, Brent? The uh, like an entry point, like hardcore, yeah. like yeah. New York hardcore, even in general. Oh, New York hardcore. Uh, I mean, sure, you could probably say Agnostic Front. Like any Agnostic Front album is probably good. I would recommend probably. Maybe bold because they're not as near yeah. Hardcore I would probably as... recommend bold because I think that they're the most similar to a very accessible hardcore band like Minor Threat, like yeah. that that wave of hardcore, which I think is more like what people like stereotypically think of as what hardcore sounds mm-hmm. like. That's what I would probably say. Like this is like the best thing to ease you in. So I think that ends the discussion about New York Hardcore. We're going to go into recommendations. So um, I can move, like usual, we'll go do each, each taking turns, recommending stuff we want to listen to. Uh, if you want to start, Brent, go right ahead. Um, okay. I'm Since this is like a hardcore-themed episode, mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend Hardcore. It's not New York Hardcore. Uh, this band's from Florida. They're called Eco Strike. I think you've mentioned them to me before. They are one of my favorite hardcore bands right now. Uh, vegan straight edge hardcore band. Uh, see, I like <laughs> people great. all like I like it's not it's it's all right. The whole thing about vegan straight edge that, and like people laugh at that. I don't get why people laugh at it because it's just like it. I think it, it's just it, a it, funny it, name. Eh, I well, guess. Well, but it's just just, like, I know the band The Far Rockers. I don't know if they're straight edge, but I know they're certainly vegan. They they've had tons of songs about like animal rights and whatnot. As yeah, well. like it's it's a very old tradition like there's bands going all the way to like you know way back in the 80s that were like very militantly open about like 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 that band i mentioned earlier blood pact they're a michigan band that almost never gets mentioned and they're a very militant vegan uh straight edge band but uh eco strike um i'm gonna recommend uh shadows flee from fire uh mm-hmm. it's the first song off of their ep time is now
very metallic, very riff heavy, mm-hmm. very just like uh, huge, expansive, clear, heavy sound. And if you're a fan of like Judge, if you're a fan of Snapcase, if you're a fan of if you're a fan of Strife, if you're a fan of Strife, you will love this band because yeah. the vocalist sounds very similar to Strife. By the way, Strife. By the way, uh, they're, they're, I think they're from California, but they sound a almost exactly like a lot of these New York hardcore bands. Like, like I, I, I for a while I thought they were actually part of that scene because they just sound so similar, but they're actually from California. So, so my recommendation is a we're gonna do a one eighty here. It's a <laughs> I think it's more than the one eighty probably. It's a it's a very uh pop indie band. <laughs> okay, called Still Feel. And they're like a brand new band. I think for I think they came out last year with a song. Um, they only have four songs, so really easy to listen to and really easy to get into. Uh, but if you do listen to any other songs, I would recommend watching it like on YouTube or somewhere where you can watch their music videos. Because for the song that most people might know if they know of the band is called Still Feel. Which the music video is really interesting and really cool to watch because, like, the singer, lead guitarist, he choreographed all of it and, like, he writes all the music and it's just really good. Okay. And what would you compare them to? Like, who would you compare them to? I, I was struggling to find someone that does it, like, because indie, like indie pop is a very broad term. It can mean yeah, lots of things. Because they, they incorporate elements of like some really interesting guitar stuff and then very subtle dubstep where they have like two songs that have like some wubs in there but it's but it's not overpowering or overbearing okay. so it's, it's you got me back in a bit now yeah so it's fine to listen to um interesting but they're they're i i couldn't find anybody that really might sound like them you would you would really need to listen to they're they're really interesting in the way that what was the song you would recommend again um still still feel i think they they're really cool are they an american band yes cool well then we're gonna leave america and go to germany because the one i want to recommend is again yeah so this is a band i i i have been i guess peddling although i don't really I really don't have many people to mention them to. Uh, for for many years, I discovered these guys many years ago, and they're still really underground. They're they're called Sheer. Uh, it's spelled S H E A R E R. It's kind of like the last name. Okay, we just listened to like 30 seconds of it. It was interesting. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I say so, some I people, enjoyed it. Some people can probably might be able to find it bland, which is fine. But, but then again, I'm a very simple man. 
So yeah, it's 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 fairly simple, straightforward rock and roll. It's lots of power chords. It is kind of punky, but more on the rock and roll side of punk. And I really, I I know I've loved these guys forever. Their first record's great, super hard, hard, very melodic. I get these chords, guys. These chords stuck in my head all the time, and I love them. If if, if you're more of a punk fan, I would start with their first album, Making a Mudson. I think there's again a lot of great melodies there, and I think it's a really cool album. But if you're a more, I guess, if you if you do straight to the more like um, radio stuff I would probably recommend their third album Monument uh, it's a really cool album and specifically uh, like honestly the title track to, to that record um, is might be one of my favorite songs like ever we're talking like at least top 50 100 something like that so I love love that song the, the first song on that record Day's End is also really good but you know, yeah, I don't think there's a bad song on that record, so definitely go give that a spin. Oh, it should be can. noted that they sing in English for anybody worried about. Yeah, they they don't sing in German; they do sing in English. But all the press is in German, which makes it very hard to determine if they're actually making any music. They haven't released an album since 2013, which is annoying. So, if the, if these guys somehow listen to this, make a new record. I want more music. And with that being said, uh, I think we're done with this episode. Awesome! Thanks for listening. And yeah, thanks a lot Thank for having you. me on, Andrew. Oh, no problem. I appreciate it. And goodbye to everyone else.